You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Can we uh, thank our worship team for leading us like, oh my gosh. That's some strong stuff right there. If I don't have the pleasure of knowing you yet, my name is Will Davis Jr. Welcome to Austin Christian Fellowship. Normally at this point, we have someone standing right here talking about generosity, and that sweet lady has significant bronchitis today, and so you got me. And I just want to, just going to be brief on it, just remind you that we are a giving church. We love to give, and we love to have giving people. I was thanking the Lord this week for the chance to be generous, because it is so much fun to bless a ministry, to bless a friend, to bless a waiter or waitress, wait, wait person, I guess, these days. Anyway, just going to nudge you there. Uh, I think we have a slide up on how to give. There it is. Uh, we don't take an offering. Hold your applause. But we do talk about it. So give as the Lord leads you, and I promise you the person who will get most out of that will be you. Okay, if you need a Bible, will you raise your hand? We give away Bibles every single week. We had a guest here a few weeks ago going, I can't believe you give Bibles away. I'm like, yeah, we give Bibles away. So take one if you need it. Uh, we're glad to have you have these, and you can keep it if you want to. And if you'll find Isaiah... 53 and Colossians 1. I'll tell you those again in a minute. Isaiah 53 and Colossians 1. Um, you guys online, it is great to see you. Happy spring break to everybody. Thank you for joining in. Um, we have baptism in about four weeks, three weeks. Uh, we do a baptism event every quarter. We're doing our baptism this spring, the Sunday after Easter. And I cannot wait. Um, baptism for us is celebration time. It's payday. And um, if you have not been baptized as a follower of Jesus, this is your chance. Uh, in fact, we have some kids, some youth who couldn't be here Easter Sunday, and they said, we want to have our own baptism. So in about a week or two, we have a special baptism just for our teenagers, which is really cool because they like demanded baptism, which when does that happen? So anyway, um, sign up for that. Be a part of that. It comes a week after Easter. We'll say more about it in the coming weeks. He just did that, so we'd have to talk about him a little bit. Uh, he gets this back there, and um, you, mi you missed the moment. So when John David started singing off the cuff a minute ago in that third song, um, they do that. The worship team will just kind of go off the cuff and start doing stuff that's not planned. Well, you should see Stephanie and Josh scrambling to try to get the lyric up. And just about the time he got the lyric up with how beautiful the name of Jesus was, John David changed it to how powerful the name of Jesus was. So we're going to fix that in the second service. Anyway, it was so funny. John David's fallen spirit. I love it. Let me pray. <laughs> we love you, Lord. Um, thank you for the day. Thank you for all the people in the room. Thank you for the folks online. Thank you for Blue Bonnets in Austin, Texas. Um, it is, we're spoiled in Austin, Lord. We just are. It's a beautiful time of year here. Um, I ask you to humble me, please, and activate my skills and gifts. 
and do something in this time I really cannot, Lord. You know what needs to happen. You, need, you know what needs to happen in me and through me. You, need, you know what needs to happen to the folks online and here in this room. And I, there's no accidents tuning in right now. So meet with us and um, be exalted here, please. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have ever really messed up, if you've ever woken up in the wrong bed, if you've ever woken up at the end of a long, drunken binge, a day or a year, if you've broken the law and gotten caught, if you've blown up a bunch of relationships, if you just found yourself in a place of at the end of your rope with no help, this is for you. Okay, what I get to say now, and it, I say it's for you, it's for me. I can't believe <laughs> what I get to talk about just for a few minutes. So let's start with Isaiah 53. We are in a series called The Cost. We're talking about what it costs God as we approach Easter to bring us into his relationship with him. And I just want to rebuild the case. I also want to thank my friend Michelle Briggins, and I want to thank the worship team, and I want to thank you all for what happened in here last week. The ground shifted in ACF last week a little bit as we prayed for healing. And so many of you responded. Because by his stripes, Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, we are healed. So let me just read that to you. It's the theme for the series, in case you're catching up. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. This is Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was crushed for our iniquities, the, cha the chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. To remind you, this series was birthed in a prayer meeting several months ago when I was praying with some other ACF leaders and was kind of praying out loud Psalm 130, you know, Lord, if you kept it, if you kept if you marked our transgressions, Psalm 130 says, who could, who could stand? In other words, if you kept a tally of our sins, can you imagine how big that sheet would be? And I felt like the Lord responded, I did. Actually keep a tally. It's on Jesus' body. By his stripes, we are healed. So a couple weeks ago, I showed you this image. I just want to revisit it today to, if you're new. This is an image of the Shroud of Turin, which some people believe is the burial cloth of Jesus. I do not for biblical reasons, but it doesn't matter. It's clearly the, biblical, the burial cloth of somebody who was executed in a similar fashion to Jesus. Um, if you focus in on... the. The right side is the front picture. The left side is the back. You can see the face of the man, the blood around his head. You can see the puffy eyes from the beatings. 
the red marks on his arms, the hands indicate the nail wounds, the red marks up and down his legs, and on his backside, you can see the red, their lines, horizontal lines. That's from the scourging. I'm not going to repeat the details of this, but I, that's the image I kind of had in mind when the Lord said, you know, I really did keep a mark of sin. And I kept it on him. By his stripes, we're healed. So what we're doing in this time before Easter is we're talking about what his stripes bring us and why the body of Jesus had to go through that. Jesus bled, I think, four times for you. He bled in the garden when he was stressed to the point of bleeding. He bled when, he bled when they put the crown of thorns on his head. He bled at the whipping post. And he bled on the cross. And he did that for us. Now, I'm not trying to depress you. That whole picture doesn't go well with blue bonnets, right? I am trying to perspective, give you perspective a bit on what we just did in worship really did come at a cost. So what I get to talk about today, for all of you who have found yourself in that wrong place I described a minute ago, is the word reconciliation. Because when I was planning this series, I basically just said, I did a search of all the places in the Bible where it says the body of Jesus did this for us, the flesh of Jesus did this for us. By his stripes, we are healed. And what we're teaching on this series are all the things the Bible says that the stripes did for us. Today is the word reconciliation. It's just a great word. So Colossians in the New Testament, if you want to find it, G-E-P-C, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, or Gentiles eat pork chops or General Electric Power Company. I'm sure there are others. But if you want, if you want to find Colossians, at the, it's at the end of GEPC run in the New Testament. Whatever it takes, right? Or you just go to the table of contents. That'll, that'll work too. Okay, you ready to just get really encouraged? Colossians, the first chapter, verse 19 says, For it was the Father's good pleasure... For all the fullness to dwell in him, the him would be Jesus. And through him, ready to reconcile, what a word, all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Verse 21, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body, there's by his stripes, through death, in order to present you before him, ready, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Seriously? That's quite the shift. So I need to give you, I need to geek out for about a minute and a half. Can you allow that? 
It's just, I'm going to keep it short, but I want to put a, a word on the screen for you. The word is Gnosticism. Every New Testament book has, an Old Testament book for that matter, has a context. And Paul is addressing this heresy called Gnosticism in the book of Colossians. Gnosticism is still around today. The word gnosko in the Greek language is the verb to know. Gnosis is the word knowledge, experiential knowledge. Gnosticism was a belief that you only gained ultimate salvation, whatever it was, through learning and through understanding. It wasn't faith. To the smart, to the intelligent, to the trained come the spoils of salvation. Gnosticism rejected anything physical or material as being valuable. The earth was evil, the planet was evil, flesh was evil, and therefore Jesus was evil because he was flesh. You couldn't have God bless something that was material. So this, they didn't believe the flesh was real. And so Gnosticism taught that uh, everything on the planet and the physical earth that was the glory of God was to be rejected. And that salvation was gained almost like a video game. Like, you know, when you do, and I haven't done a video game like in 30 years, okay? But my, watching my kids do it growing up, I remember C. Will would break through, he'd beat some Bowser somewhere and get to a new level. And he'd do that level and beat a next Bowser and get to a narrow level until he ultimately won the game. And that's kind of how they viewed salvation to be, that the more smarter, the smarter you became, the more intelligent you became, new levels you would get. And only to the intellectual elite was salvation granted. That's Gnosticism. And it's around today. Different name, but it's to the smart. Go the spoils. That's still out there. So in Colossians, the first chapter, Paul talks about Christ in the flesh and how God lived in Jesus and how Jesus made creation. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. All things were created by him, Paul says. He's so pushing back on this Gnostic heresy. Like, how dare you say that what God created is evil and how dare you say Jesus had nothing to do with it? And oh, by the way, all the fullness of God lives in Jesus in bodily form. That's what he was doing. And then he goes on a roll, and it's so good. And this roll is where you and I find so much hope today. So here's what Colossians, the verses I just read to you, say. It says, first of all, that God reconciled us. All this is through Jesus, through his stripes, through the, the body of Jesus. We have been reconciled, reconciliation, reconciliation is a second time or a third time. It's again. We have again be concili conciliated to God again. So to conciliate is to bring together. To reconcile is to bring together again. Conciliation is taking two parties who were separated and having them meet and make them into one through negotiation, through truce, through introduction, whatever. Reconciliation is taking two parties who were together that have been separated 
and bringing them back together again. That's us and God. In Genesis 1 and 2, we were, reckon- we were together with God. There was no separation. There was no sin. There was no distance. There was no faith. There was no faith in Genesis 1 and 2 in the Garden of Eden. They could see God. He was with them. Genesis 3, sin enters in, and all the chaos that is in our world, including for those of you suffering in Austin, Texas right now, pollen, thank you very much, pollen and fire ants. I'm quite sure God did not create those things. Just have to say that. The result of Genesis 3. The world goes south, and God has a plan to reconcile, to rebring together again. I'm trying to be redundant on this, overly redundant. His plan is the flesh of Jesus. By his stripes, we are healed. There has to be a penalty. There has to be blood. Because in blood is life, the scriptures say. Life is in the blood, oxygen. Literally, life is in the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins, the scripture says. But he didn't shed yours, and he didn't shed mine. He shed Jesus. His blood. So the reconciler is the guy who comes and says, okay, y'all used to be here, and now you're way over here, and you're way over here, and I'm bringing you back together again. I'm not bringing you together. I'm bringing you back together because you've been separated. God didn't move. We did. We were cast out, and we were thrown out because of our sin. So he reconciled us. He reconciled us to himself is so good. So guess who the reconciler is? God through Jesus. Guess who's reconciled back to whom? We're reconciled back to God. He comes and gets us and brings us back to himself. If you're in this room today, which you are, or watching online today, you are being pursued. Whether you're a Christian or not, you're always being chased by the holy, wonderful, loving delightful, forgiving King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is in hot pursuit of you. (sighs) Reconcile to himself, not to a religion, not to a set of rules, to a person, to King Jesus, who we've been singing about all morning. I love this next, that he reconciled to himself all things, not just humans. The planet that is groaning, Scripture says. The animal kingdom, the natural kingdom, the world, and all that's in it that's broken because of our sin. God put us in authority over the planet. When we rebelled, the planet got cursed. Cursed is the ground because of you to Adam, God said. How would you like to have that on your resume? God's fixing all that. God didn't just redeem humans to himself. He redeemed all things to himself. He's fixing everything that got broken. Again, though, it comes through the stripes of Jesus, through the body of his flesh. He reconciled next all things to himself, Through the blood of Jesus Christ, the tearing of his flesh. That's that by his stripes we are healed. That's that's the means. Now, you don't have to like that. Some people, I've talked to people that find that offensive. That I remember a a dear 
friend years ago saying to me, I'm, I'm offended that you think I'm so bad someone has to die for me. That's sin, folks. You can tell the significance of the disease by the intensity of the treatment. Take two aspirin and they call me in the morning isn't a really big deal. We're going in for surgery right now, immediately. You can't leave the hospital. Now you know we're serious. If the cost is the body of Jesus being torn, the problem has to be pretty significant. Don't be offended by it. It's true. And then last, he reconciles us. Are you ready? To make us holy, blameless, and above reproach. Okay, really? Talk about comebacks. You guys watching any basketball this weekend? Some of these stories of these basketball programs are just amazing that, you know, or football, you know, teams who couldn't win a game a year ago are now, they talk about these great turnarounds. There's a turnaround. You were isolated from God, separated from God, under the condemnation of God. He reconciled you through Jesus Christ so that, not, it's that over-redemption thing, so that you might be holy without blame and without accusation. Wow. That's stunning to me. That's the comeback of the ages right there. But again, it's not will coming back. It's will being restored, passive voice. God doing something for me I cannot do for myself. God restoring me, not just to Genesis 1 and 2 level, but actually to Revelation 21 and 22 level, where I'm now holy, I'm now without blame, I'm spotless before him, I'm pure before him, and I'm unaccusable before him. That's amazing to me. And that's what he did through the stripes of Jesus. Through the stripes of Jesus. By his stripes, by those tally marks, we're healed. Put that on a spreadsheet up against any religion. I heard a guy explain it to me this way years ago. Religion is spelled D-O. Islam. Mormonism. Hinduism. Buddhism, not so much. It's like go evolve. But most religions are you go do. And here's what you get. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. Done. God has reconciled us so we can be holy and blameless. What a comeback. What a comeback. He did it through the stripes of Jesus. So I want you to picture that moment in history when the veil tore, the veil which was the curtain that separated the, the, the holy place, the holy of holies, where God's Ark of the Covenant was, and his presence was believed to exist from the holy place and then the, the temple. When Jesus died, that veil, which was four inches thick, was ripped from top to bottom as if, and torn open as if God was saying, come on in. Come on. I paved away. My, my son's blood. Come in.
and men, women, and boys, and girls who previously would have had no chance to know God and be in his presence. They, remember Exodus 19, the mountain, God landed on the mountain, and it was fiery, and it was terrifying. The people were cowering back, and God said, don't let anybody touch the mountain or they'll die because it's holy. From that fiery scene and terrifying scene to come on in, come on in. What's the difference? The blood of Jesus. That's the difference. So we're going to end in a minute. Not yet, but we're going to end in a minute um, with a chance for you to respond up here at the front or as you, we've been doing around the room, any way you want to, no pressure, um, for the purpose of reconciliation. But I want to talk to two groups first about what you might need to have happen to you today. And I use the passive again because it's something you can't do. It's something that has to be done for you, to you. To the pre-Christians in the room, and I use the word pre-Christian because I think I'm hoping, I'm betting on you. You're not there yet, but you're coming. Or to the pre-Christians online, you're not a Christian yet, but man, it's, you wouldn't be sitting here listening to all this today if you weren't close. If you're, if you're tolerating me right now, you're close. Because I've said a lot to scare you off already. To the pre-Christians in the room, here's what I think you might want to walk through. First, you need to acknowledge the distance that exists between you and God. You need to acknowledge that that which was conciliatory was torn. And there's a great gap between you and God. Because of sin. You have woken up on the wrong bed, or you have told the lie, or you have had the season of stupor, or you have broken relationships, or you have cheated and stolen or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. But that's you, and that's me. And there's distance because of it. You need to acknowledge that distance. Secondly, you need to acknowledge your inability to close the distance. You can't do a thing about it. You can't get to God. You can't get to God. Go find him. What's that ladder you're going to climb? What's that airplane you're going to fly? What's that trip you're going to take to get to God? You can't. He has to come to you. So acknowledge the distance. Acknowledge your inability to fix the distance. Third, praise God. Acknowledge the stripes of Jesus. Put that image of the shroud in your mind and those tally marks and just write your name on one of them. That's mine. That, that stripe is my stripe. That's got Will Davis's name on it. That's for my sin. That's for my rebellion. That's for my addictions. That's for my, that's me right there. Will Davis, right there on the back of the calf, that one, that's mine. Acknowledge the stripes that were shed for you, that were torn for you, and then accept the gift of Jesus and what he did on the cross. Just, it's a receive. It's not a do. It's a receive. It's, Lord, I receive what you've done. I'm inviting those of you online and those of you in the room today who might have never been reintroduced to God to do so, to allow that introduction to happen today. Where you were once strangers, where an hour ago you were a stranger, but you leave today a son or a daughter.
to the pre-Christians in the room, that's my invitation, is, is acknowledge the stripes, receive the gift, and let God close the distance. He'll meet you where you stand. He'll meet you at home. He'll meet you right here. When you ask, he'll meet you. I guess there is a do. It's just ask. To the believers in the room who might have moved away a bit, I've been this guy, to the Christians in the room who have gotten distracted, busy, lazy, earthly, worldly. You're not very familiar with this book anymore. You're not very familiar with prayer. You're not really in community. And sin creeps in. You've gotten more sinful again. I've been that guy. And you just look more like a pre-believer or a non-believer than you do a believer. Then I'm going to invite you today to be reconciled back to God again as well. To, we used to call it in my childhood growing up, recommit your life to Christ. And it's a little of a misnomer because, again, i got to say yes to the call, but i I'm saying, I'm back, Jesus. You didn't move, I did. And some of you need to come home today. Some of you prodigals online here in the room maybe need to come to your senses and let the reconciliation of God fix and heal and cure you. What's the name of this song? So in just a second, John David's going to sing a song over you that he wrote with some other worship leaders here in Austin called Nothing stands between us. Isn't that great? Nothing stands between us. I like this area because it's just open. It's a symbol. As he sings it, if you want to come and kneel here and pray, if you want to stand where you are and pray or sit where you are and pray or kneel where you are and pray, you can. I, I invite the movement, obviously, but I, I, the work of reconciliation has to happen. By the way, as we get in, later into this series, once you're reconciled, listen, listen, listen online. Once you're reconciled here, you're required to reconcile here. It will lead to you making some phone calls, you writing some emails, etc. So just in the curiousness of God, this is what my quiet time was this morning. I was about 7.30 in my office, and I turned to my Bible reading for the day, which was 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and here is the last part of that. Just happened to be today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us. That was today to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors. As though God were himself making an appeal through us. Listen to this. We implore you, we beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What's keeping you out? What's keeping you away? We beg you, be reconciled. Receive the gift. And then he is, here's the closer. Think about the, the, think about the shroud. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him.
why don't you stand or kneel or pray or come and let the work of reconciliation happen as he sings. <laughs>